0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So there is a story, though it may very well be an urban legend, that a former dean of Trinity Cathedral, one Rebecca McLean, for a season had folks that came to the 8 a.m. service just sit and meditate in lieu of a sermon. And, And I have to tell you that on a late Friday afternoon, sitting with a perfectly empty page in front of me, I was wondering how you all would feel about just sitting and, oh, I don't know, meditating for 10 minutes. Um, What do you think? So I'm not sure why I had such a hard time getting going on, on this sermon. Perhaps it was all of the imagery of cutting off limbs and plucking out eyes and sending everybody straight to hell. The writer Barbara Brown Taylor observed that these verses are probably way too much even for anyone out there who is a biblical literalist. So this whole section of Mark, it's about discipleship. It's about what does following Jesus, what does it look like? What is expected of the disciples? What's expected of us? And the disciples are struggling just as we struggle with what this following looks like, what it means, and what difference does it make? So last week the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest and who was going to sit where this week the disciples are upset that someone was casting out demons and they they tattled to jesus we tried to stop him, jesus because he isn't one of us and i have to be honest Part of my struggle with this week's gospel is that in some ways I, I get where the disciples were coming from and their worry about people healing in Jesus' name. Because how many times have we heard or we've read about somebody who says, I'm a good Christian, and they invoke Jesus' name to justify behaviors? that exclude or hurt others. All you have to think about is slavery, segregation, immigration, homophobia, you name it. Christianity has been used to justify whatever. It's being used right now to justify wanting to wear masks or get vaccinations. It's enough to give Christianity a bad name. Wasn't it Gandhi who said he really liked that man, Jesus? But Christians, not so much. Ouch. But for me, reading these lessons again and again, and yes, again, whoever is not against us is for us. Whoever is not against us is for us. And I realize that that I'm not hearing what Jesus is telling us today. He's telling the disciples and us what's important. And we inevitably, we misunderstand. Or we don't even realize it and we don't even get it. Jesus is speaking of this following, a following that requires way more from us than we might always be willing to even give. And it's a vision of a world that is way more open, way more inclusive, and way kinder than ours. We tend to look at the world, and we judge who's in and who's out. One writer calls this spiritual gatekeeping. And yet Jesus, he keeps flinging open whatever barriers we try to put into place. Every time, every single time that we think we get it, or we think we know what it means to be inclusive and open. Jesus pushes open those boundaries even further. We're being reminded that this following is not just for a privileged few. And we're being reminded that no one who is seeking to do good is ever an outsider in God's kingdom. Whoever practices mercy and kindness and peacemaking and liberation is on God's side. Whoever is not against us is for us. It's not the belonging to this group or that group. It's not just saying you're a good Christian. It's how we live our lives each and every day. It's how we treat one another every single day. So what I thought of as I was writing this sermon was a guy I spent a little time with this week, uh, and his name is Mike. He's supposedly retired from a... Well, he's retired from his paying job, let me put it that way. But he is out the door every single day at 5 a.m., seven days a week, and he heads out, and he brings food, and supplies, and whatever else is needed to help folks who are living in homeless encampments all around Phoenix. And he's always looking for additional ways to help. And I don't know how or why he started this. I just know that I stand in awe at his commitment, and yes, his love for these folks experiencing homelessness. People who smell many mentally ill, many desperate, dirty, people with broken bodies and spirit, people most of us would cross to the other side of the street to avoid. Whoever gives a cup of water, whoever shows kindness and mercy and love, no one doing God's work is ever an outsider. And when I think of my time with Mike this week, and I realize it once again, I keep making Jesus' words way more complicated than they are. What he's asking of us is really so incredibly easy. But the doing, ah, there's the rub, as Shakespeare would put it. Because the following is what is so very hard that living our lives and trying to do the best we can every single day, loving God and His creation, loving one another as we are so loved, and then having to let go of the idea that we have any control over who belongs or who doesn't belong in God's beloved community. We are leaving it. We have to leave it. All of that in God's very capable hands. We are called to head out those great doors into the world and each day try our absolute darndest to show kindness and mercy and compassion and love to one another. Whoever gives a cup of water and knowing that like the disciples, we're going to stumble and we're going to point fingers at somebody. We're going to fall flat on our faces. We'll forget that we are called to live this life loving each other. And we'll worry about what everybody else is doing, what others are saying, because it's our nature. It is our nature to draw lines in the sand, put up fences, or whatever it is we do to keep people out. And every single time we do that, Jesus lets us know, nope, that is so not gonna happen. We are going to need to erase those lines, tear down those fences. He lets us know that we're gonna need to build a a bigger table. And yeah, while you're at it, you're gonna need more chairs. Because whatever lines or how many fences we build, Jesus just keeps erasing the lines and opening those gates. Inviting whoever he wants to, to the table. To live right here and right now in the kingdom of God. Whoever is not against us is for us. And what a challenge for us to just fling open those doors and just let anybody in. But if it's okay with God, how can we say no? All are welcome, absolutely no exceptions. You and I, us and them, saint and sinner, insider and outsider. Because that's God for you. Always with the radical hospitality. Always with the radical love. And that's really good news for all of us. You and me, everyone, everywhere. And that, my friends, is worth meditating on.